Good morning. Welcome to the In Bloom podcast. I'm Josh Bickford. I am your host. Uh, this podcast is a daily conversation over a cup of coffee uh, on thriving in life and in real estate. Uh, we stream live Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. Mountain on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, and we are available every day uh, on the podcast um, audio platform of your choice, Spotify, Apple, uh, anything off of Google. Every They all pull from those, those feeds. Uh, today, um, I'm excited about this one. It's Thursday, April the 13th. Uh, we're going to talk about the best parts of your story and our heroes. Uh, and um, this one's got deep meaning for me, which you'll hear, uh, and I hope I do it justice. So uh, let's have a drink and we'll get started. Yum. Okay, so you maybe have heard, um, never meet your heroes. I have friends who have experienced this, where they're somebody that they look up to who's accomplished great things or you know, written unbelievable books or lived an unbelievable life. Uh, and they just look up to them in every way, shape or form. And then they get to meet them. In one case, my friend got to work with this person uh, and they realized that they're just flawed people like the rest of us, so to speak. You know, they uh, wake up late and procrastinate and treat people like crap or whatever, you know, like things that we all do. They get too angry or they, you know, the the image that you have of that person is not based in reality. So when you get to see the actual transparent version of who they are, it doesn't line up with the, with the one that you've made up in your head. Uh, and because it doesn't line up, it's disappointing for almost everybody. Uh, so um, I start there to say, I actually grew up with my hero. Um, my hero um, showed up in my life when I was four. Uh, and um, I'm going to tell you about Justin. So Justin um, grew up and he grew into an adult's body by the time he was in fifth grade. Uh, so he was as big as his teachers. He <laughs> was already shaving, which is hilarious. Uh, in elementary school, he got jumped once by two kids in the bathroom. Uh, and they were trying to do a bunch of WWF moves in the time. And he ended up beating them both up and then going back to lunch, uh, which is hilarious. Uh, but um, because he grew so fast, uh, he was always looked up to by all the other kids. He was never their peer because he was twice their size. Uh, and when you grow up like that, you know, he, he played baseball uh, and he, was adult size. So all the, all the baseball gear was kid size. So his helmet, he needed to get his own because he didn't fit in the little kid's helmet. Uh, his pants were always, um, they fit better because he had short legs and a long body, but you know, they didn't make the shirts in his size. So it was, it was always kind of funny that he never truly fit in entirely because, uh, because he grew so, so quickly. He was also smarter than everybody else. Uh, to the point that there was no effort required, you know, just he could do absolutely no work and get a hundred percent on the test and finish class with a C, you know, a B or a C just because of his test scores. Uh, that's, that's who he was uh, at, when he was young is, you know, pretty, pretty hilarious. And I think back to one of my favorite stories uh, from when Justin was young, um, 
he wore bifocals uh, and he was the biggest kid on the baseball team and he couldn't hit worth a lick <laughs> because uh, because of his bifocals. So I was watching him one time and I used to be a pretty good little baseball player when I was a kid. Uh, and I wanted to see him do really well because he was the biggest guy on the team. And if he could hit the ball, he would hit it a mile and then he'd be, you know, the the kid that hits the home runs um, and not the kid that strikes out all the time. So he he was going to one of his games and I told him, tilt your head down when the ball comes in. Don't don't switch in your glasses, but stay in the same view or tilt your head back when the pitch is coming in and keep it in the same the same view. Well, he did that, and overnight he started hitting the ball off the fence. I mean, just and he'd go up to the plate and his, you know, he'd go waddling up there, and his he'd hit the ball a mile, and the coaches were shocked, uh, and his little leg he'd go waddling down to first base, and and he had the most fun. Like that was one of the most fun times we had as kids playing playing baseball because he went. I mean, in the blink of an eye, he went from the worst guy on the team to the best just overnight, and. And all it took was a little bit different perspective and looking at the ball through his glasses. Um, we used to play basketball uh, and I was a guard and he was a center because he was huge and I was little. And the most hilarious thing is he didn't care about rebounds and getting uh, getting block shots and all that because that's what big men do in basketball. What he liked was three-pointers. <laughs> I was a guard and I was the shooter. And so three pointers didn't mean much to me, but if I ever blocked somebody's shot, you know, that was the best. Uh, that was kind of, kind of what growing up together was like for the two of us. He, um, he was my size, even though he was a lot younger, uh, there's a four year difference in, in our age. So I was always, you know, like all kids, uh, I was four years older. So I was stronger, more coordinated, more experienced, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so he looked up to me for all of that kind of thing. And, and, and we got along so, so well, like we had, we had all kinds of fun together. Um, super competitive uh, and, you know, great sense of humor. So we laughed and laughed and laughed. Uh, when Justin was 24, Justin got diagnosed with terminal cancer. Um, he woke up. Well, he didn't wake up. He was found uh, face down with his glasses on. Uh, unresponsive at 24, which is not, not a normal, a normal thing. Uh, and the day, the day that Justin found out he had cancer, I was actually on the other side of the country, um, watching my nephew play baseball. Uh, and my nephew was probably five or six at the time. Uh, and I was standing behind the bleachers, kind of how I had when I had told Justin to, look through his glasses differently. Uh, and I was holding, I was holding my niece in my arms and a little kid with, I didn't plan on getting choked up telling you this. Um, a little kid came waddling up to the plate and he had a red Jersey like my brother and he had short little legs and white pants and I'm watching my past. Um, with my niece asleep in my arms. And um, not five minutes later, I get a phone call that they found a brain tumor in Justin. And that began my journey of learning 
goodness. Of learning that the best parts of your own story, the best parts of the story, the people you tell, the best part that people want to know the most is not the best. It's the worst. Um, the point when you watch a movie and somebody has lost everything, that that's the point where you lean in. Uh, when it looks like all everything's gone, when it looks like they've lost, um, that's when the story gets good. Um, Justin's life went from being 24 with his entire life in front of him uh, to countless seizures every day uh, to not being able to leave his house. Uh, he lost a ton of weight because he couldn't really eat. Um, several years later, um, you know, they, well, let's say when you have a brain tumor that they can't operate on with what he had, they don't attack it. You just kind of live with it. So, um, he went a long time before they finally said, okay, let's do radiation. And when he got radiation, he got his life back. Um, we went to college football games and he traveled to see me all the time. And, and we would, we would go and experience things and try new things together and, and try to cram as much life into what was left. Um, and we didn't, you know, we didn't know when the end was. Uh, every, everything I had been taught uh, as a kid, through church, through every movie you ever see, is that he would be healed. I believe that there was a miracle that was going to happen and his life was going to be an example of how God comes through and, and miraculous stories and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I never imagined that I'd get a call one day that I needed to come home because time was short. And on that trip, which was in, I think it was in March, um, Justin hadn't, he'd, he'd, he'd been working his job and everything and he had lots of money, but he hadn't, he hadn't gotten me or my wife or um, he hadn't gotten us Christmas presents. So um, my brother Jason and his wife, Tammy, and Hannah and I, we, we got tasked with a specific amount of money in an envelope. And our job was to go, go spend as much of it as possible. And then the winner, the winner would get, um, we'd get an additional prize. So we went and bought stuff for ourselves with, with Justin's money. He's at the end of his life and he's giving away what he's got left. He wasn't, he wasn't, uh, trying to experience one more thing. He actually stayed home to babysit our kids, uh, which was, uh, which was unbelievable. Like who does that? Um, he had brain cancer for six years and didn't complain one time. Um, he went through brain surgery at one point, uh, and the doctors said that they didn't find the kind of brain tumor that they thought he had. And all of us thought that had been the miraculous moment. Uh, but because they had to take part of his brain out, he never quite communicated the same way again. Um, he would, he could talk in pictures, but he couldn't really put entire sentences together all the time. Um, I, to this day, don't know how you stare down brain cancer. You stare down, you know, we all know people who get something that is devastating uh, and they stare it down. 
and they summon a strength that you don't realize that human beings have uh, if you've never done that. Uh, families who have somebody diagnosed with cancer join a club that nobody wants to join and we all understand each other. Um, it's a, There's something in that that I have learned that is so beautiful uh, that I would have never thought prior to this experience. Um, I would have never thought that my little brother would be my hero. I didn't think that he would show me the way, as it were. Uh, nine years ago today, my brother met Jesus. And sent me on a journey that I wasn't prepared for, that I, you know, the looking backwards had been something that I had done a lot of since he had been diagnosed, but I'd never looked forward without him. And um, over the next few days, we, you know, we spread his ashes and man, if you've never done that, it shows you that we all face an end, like a, like a, a true stopping point. And when your ashes are spread, there's not a gravestone or anything. There's not a, there's not a place where people can go and talk about you or what you've done. And frankly, I don't think what you've done really matters uh, at that point. I think that your legacy resides in those that you've loved and those that you've that you've poured your, you know, yourself into the people that you've served and the way that you've treated others uh, and what they carry on from you, so to speak. Um, my brother became my hero because he stared down something far scarier than anything I ever have. And he never complained about it once. He wrote an unbelievable story with his life um, of 30 years. Uh, he gave us gifts at his funeral that we didn't know we were getting with all of the people who came up to us and shared what watching him suffer well had done for them and how that had encouraged them and how that strengthened them. Uh, and, and like that was our experience. It was, it was unbelievable unbelievable um when we went through his things we found his notes sorry where he I found don't understand. awesome series interrupting me uh we've we found notes where you know where he went for strength and what what goals he still had in his life and what he wanted to see happen and who he wanted to treat well um and through all of that process um through all that process I learned that the best part of someone's story is not on the mountaintop. It's not, um, you know, if you go to your work, it's not the win that you had. It's the loss that you overcame. The beauty in your story is in the hard parts, the interesting part, the things that people are going to want to know. It's in those parts where you didn't know what was going to happen or things looked bleak uh, or, you decided that come hell or high water, you were going to get something done. Those are the parts of the stories your kids aren't going to be able to wait to hear. Those are the parts of the story that other people are going to want to hear. Um, if you, not if, when, when your story is told by others, those are going to be the parts of the story 
Um, my brother lived for 30 years and I told you just a couple of little stories about him. Uh, but the one that had the most impact on me was gigantic. He was a giant, not in stature, uh, but in will and in his just inner strength. It was unbelievable. Um, when he, when he died, he was my nieces and nephews, best friend. My daughter loved him. And um, I wanted to do something at the very end so that I'd never forget um, what he meant to the kids, what he meant to me, how he lived, and so that I would carry that forward. So I actually got a pair of his shoes out of the closet. And at his funeral, I wore his shoes because I knew I'm going to get it out. I knew on that day, if I walked in his shoes, I would never, ever forget what he meant to me. Now that this is recorded, I don't even know if I'm going to share it, but it's from my heart. And I hope, uh, I hope that you got something out of it. I hope that something I said revealed something within you, encouraged you, inspired you, um, and gives you something to make today a better day for you. Uh, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you taking time to get a cup of coffee with me. And um, until we meet again next week, uh, I know you're going to have a great weekend. I know you can do it. And uh, I will see you then.